Welcome to the AIM Horsemanship Podcast. From science-based horse training and behaviour to just connecting and having fun with our horses in general. I'm always learning so I hope you enjoy coming along for this horsemanship journey with me. Okay, so horses masking their emotions um, and then suddenly sort of seeming unpredictable when they supposedly explode or even, you know, if you have a horse who's been sort of shut down and masking their emotions for a while and then you transition to choice-based training and suddenly they're showing all these uh, problem or undesirable behaviours and um, that's often because they've been masking their emotions previously. Um, Also... Okay, so before we get into the actual the actual bulk of the topic, um, I just want to say that I do have uh, practical experience with this because it's something Penny's really struggled with, especially with unpredictable, I say unpredictable, but once you learn to read her, it's quite predictable, but um, rearing, like big rears, even when she would seem to be okay and we'd be training with R+, and she fully choice-based, and then suddenly she would just go up and rear. Uh, a lot of this was due to over-arousal when I first started, but after that, um, it did become more of a masking emotions issue, um, which I am working through with professional help from CT coaches, and um, we've kind of found a solution at the moment, to be honest. It's just taking very slow progress because we're having to work very thoroughly. Um, and I do also have some, like, you know, theoretical um, theoretical sort of knowledge on the topic due to taking... Um, a diploma and several courses in horse psychology, behaviour and training. However, as always, want to disclaim that um, I'm not a professional and every single horse is different, every situation is different, every trainer is different. Um, so as always, I'm just going to apologise in advance for any misinformation. I'm just sharing um, what's helped me and I hope it helps others or anything like that, but yeah. Okay, so I apologise if the audio um, in this is a bit rubbish. I'm, I was going to record in the field whilst I was poo picking, um, but it's just pouring down with rain. So I'm in the stable at the moment, um, but obviously the roof is quite loud when it's raining. Um, so I apologise if um, the audio isn't so clear in some parts. Uh, but anyway, um, so what can cause this sort of um, masking of emotions and what kind of training do we see it in? Now, we see this across across all four quadrants of training um, because obviously all, all of learning theory, like punishment decreases behaviour and reinforcement um, increases behaviour by definition. So, therefore, say they had an emotion... Um, so the training was coercive and they didn't feel like they had a full choice... Um, then they wouldn't necessarily display the emotions physically that they're feeling um, if they're having a behaviour increased or decreased by conditioning and if it's coercive and they don't necessarily feel like they have a choice. Even if the animal does have a choice, um, if they've had a history of not having a choice, if they have food anxiety, anything like that, um, they can often feel like they don't have a choice even if they do. So we're going to discuss how to mitigate that a bit and how to manage those situations and help the horse um, feel better but yeah so in negative reinforcement and positive punishment training so here I'm specifically talking about pressure and release training um, you will often see um, specifically in escalating negative reinforcement training so if the horse doesn't do the desired behavior the pressure is increased until 
the animal does the desired behavior um which would be negatively negatively reinforced by removing the aversive obviously um then obviously the animal is going to uh, mask their emotions because if they if they do display their emotions and it's the undesirable behavior um they often will be punished with positive punishment um and often what you'll see is in negative reinforcement the horse will cooperate 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 until they're extremely like way over threshold and then no amount of pressure is going to stop them and they just explode and show all their emotions um and this is pretty likely to happen unless of course you know unless you so, so even if you're using sort of more ethical negative reinforcement and you're aware of calming signals displacement behaviors language signs um you know the equine grimace scale the signs of anxiety and fear or signs of their threshold um even if you're doing negative reinforcement as ethically as you feel like you can um there is obviously still that potential for them to want to mask their emotions simply because there is inherently positive punishment involved um in order for an, another behavior to be negatively reinforced because there has to be an aversive applied if you know what i mean um so yeah in order to avoid the aversive they're basically just going to do whatever until it gets to the point where their feeling their feelings are more strong than their desire to um avoid the aversive so this makes it difficult to um do ethical negative reinforcement with a horse who does mask their emotions and it is very important to move extremely slowly if you are using negative reinforcement same with positive reinforcement but we'll get onto that in a second but what i'm basically saying is unless you were to literally put the fear of god into the horse that if they do an undesirable behavior or show their emotions or do anything but the reinforced behavior they will have the pressure escalated to highly aversive levels which obviously is highly highly unethical in my opinion um, and highly aversive and unpleasant for the animal. Um, that's the only way that you could really get them to properly mask their emotions and never have an unpredictable sort of explosion type thing. Um, with more ethical negative reinforcement, if you're mindful of reading their threshold um, and you start with the very, very basics so they don't tense up and as soon as you do see them tense up and start to mask their emotions, that's when you would obviously know that you don't go any further because if you were to, then they would... Um, perhaps pretend they were fine, mask all their emotions until it got to the point where they could no longer contain it and then they might explode in a way that some people may deem unpredictable. Um, so yeah, um, let's move on to positive reinforcement training. Um, specifically of a horse with a history of, um, I'm sort of specifically talking about using food reinforcers here. It could be the, I mean, I guess if you were using scratches and the horse had like sweet itch or some kind of, or say they didn't have access to being able to self-groom or carry out body care um, or scratch themselves in their environment. You know, if they couldn't carry out body care in their environment, then they re may really, really be craving scratches. So I guess that could still be coercive if they don't have the correct management. Um, but specifically with food reinforcers, if the horse has a history of um, resource guarding, a history of scarce resources, any kind of food anxiety... Um, or just, you know, if they have over-arousal or if that's their only form of stimulation. Or if they have a history of even, like, even if you have moved fully to positive reinforcement, if they're a crossover horse, they could still have the fear of the positive punishment if they were to say no. Um, 
so yeah, that can cause the horse to be to be like, I really want the reward, so I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then suddenly they're like, I can't do this anymore, and just boom, explode. Uh, and you may be thinking, well, if you have free food on access, why does the horse not feel like they can just walk away and eat that? Um, well, this can be due to, you know, fear of punishment, um, and can also be due to contra freeloading, because horses inherently find it more rewarding to, quote, work for their food, um, or earn reinforcement as opposed to take free food this is called contra freeloading because basically it's just it's more reinforcing for them um that way and it's more enriching for them and yeah they will naturally choose to stay with the trainer generally and um continue with the training in order to earn reinforcement instead of just go off and eat whatever's on access so whatever you're giving will inherently be higher higher value if you know what I mean um with a horse who's a contra freeloader I mean horses are contra freeloaders but obviously it depends on the context whether or not they're going to do that um but yeah so say you even had the same reinforcer that you're using available on free access uh they could still be coerced into the training because they could feel like that's more valuable if you know what I mean um so basically there are many many reasons but let's get down into more solutions because you know, I honestly feel like if you want to find out your horse's reason, there's there's such a broad spectrum of region, reasons. I don't think I could cover them all. Um, so definitely get in contact with someone, a professional, a behaviour consultant. Um, someone along those lines could definitely be helpful in establishing your horse's reason for masking their emotions. Uh, because honestly, if you don't know the reason, it can be quite difficult to find the solution. Um, because... You know, Penny's reason was more fear of punishment once we had um, overcome the over-arousal because she does have a history of... Um, well, she has an unknown history, but she does have a history of masking her emotions with negative reinforcement. For example, when she came to us, she was quite fine with loading in the trailer. However, once she started to unpack and not mask her emotions, she suddenly revealed that she wasn't so fine with the trailer. She was just faking it. And you could see that she was very tense and would brace when the bum bar was done up, even when she was, quote fine with it because she was very tense and she was saying no um but not outwardly because she was afraid of the consequences of saying no um which is totally understandable you see the same thing with children a lot of the time and everyone you even see you may even see the same thing with you like for example at work if your boss asks you to do something and you're not quite comfortable you don't know how to do it or you feel a bit out of your depth but you're afraid of the consequences of saying no so you'll do it anyway um that's a that's an example of masking your emotions um and then say your boss kept asking you to do things that felt out of your depth and you kept being afraid of the consequences so you kept going along with it and eventually the triggers just built up to the point where you couldn't contain it anymore and you went from being this perfect worker to suddenly just exploding and quitting your job and your boss is just like whoa that was unpredictable um but really it's been building up all along and the boss clearly didn't see the signs of your discomfort or feeling out of your depth um so it's kind of the same concept here um I'm going to stop talking about the reasons now because, yeah, like I said, there's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like there's just so many. Um, I feel like I've covered, like, you know, a prompt to get started in thinking about your horse's reasons. But honestly, um, every horse is so individual and every situation is so individual that it's not worth me trying to cover all of them. Um, so, yeah, um, solutions to a horse masking their emotions can 
basically be to start with to go right back to basics and find where your horse's threshold is. Now, if your horse does mask their emotions, they may not necessarily show their threshold. Um, so a good way I found this with Penny was she would seem to be fine. Um, she would seem to be completely fine. However, she would hold her head quite high when she was over threshold. Um, she would hold her head high and although she would be going along with the behaviours and she would appear to be fine with it and consenting to things such as me getting on her back. Her head was high and she wasn't actually 100% comfortable with it, um, even though she outwardly seemed to be. Um, so solutions to this were, well, first of all, spotting the signs. Um, so taking videos and watching them slowly um, and things like that. Um, watching them slowly to see where Penny did begin to change and see the subtle shifts and also um, to analyse my own self in training. Um, I was moving quite quickly and thinking, you know, I, I was thinking she's rearing because she's bored and frustrated. So I'm constantly trying to mitigate the frustration and it resulted in me thinking I was being calm, but actually moving quite quickly and being a bit overwhelming for Penny. Um, which just led to more triggers stacking. Um, and I got this feedback, a lot of it from um, Judith, who was a CT coach who I did a Zoom call with. Uh, so that's a great one to um, go to if you do need help with this specific situation. Um, so, yeah, um, solutions were with Penny. Oh, my God, I'm going really off track. OK, um, so where was I? I was going on solutions and then... Anyway, let's go straight to solutions here. So um, a big one that you start with in the holistic approach, obviously, is the horse's management, lifestyle and nutrition. Um, so you want to make sure the horse has all their needs met, the five freedoms, the four Fs, all the stuff that they need. Um, I have gone over them in previous episodes and I could go into more depth in them if people want me to. So please do let me know if you want me to. Um, and make sure you create a species specific environment where the horse has, you know, friends stable a stable herd is ideal um you know make sure they're not in any physical pain which could increase stress although if you look into Kathy Sierra's work on equine pain science um you actually can't fully rule out pain because it's created in the brain but obviously you can rule it out as much as you can um so yeah definitely do that you might need to some horses I guess if they've had history of food deprivation or stress may need to be put on gut support I've had the willing equine talk about that quite a lot um so definitely check out that um so you want to make sure the horse has you know turnout 24 7 forage you know just the four f's the five freedoms that basically covers everything they need plenty of enrichment as well so you're not their only form of stimulation um because if you are that can lead to a lot of over arousal um so another way to avoid the over arousal causing them to mask their emotions would be um using a very low value reinforcer and um teaching the horse to say no in a more in a more um in a more safe way so for example if penny wants to say no by rearing up really high and staying in the air kicking around um that's obviously not a very safe way for her to say no however if she simply sighs lowers her head and walks away that's a very very safe way for her to say no so if you find out the function of the explosion it's probably to be left alone and get out of the training scenario where they're feeling very stressed and simply to get the reinforcer um, so by teaching the horse to do a desirable thing, such as calmly walk away um, or lower their head to carry out the desired function that they want from the behavior, that can be a really good way to um, create an alternative for them. 
Um, and also you want to avoid the problem behavior happening because obviously habits can be formed quickly. So make sure you set up for success and avoid the antecedent arrangement that leads to the undesirable explosion. Um, so basically stay with basics until you've got them covered and the horse isn't tense at all or messing their emotions there and then gradually build up instead of throwing yourself back in the deep end and having the problem behavior repeat itself and become even more strong, especially if these behaviors are self-reinforcing so they're getting what they want by you know relieving those stressed emotions that they're masking um or they're getting you know whatever I don't know whatever they're looking for but um each time that happens the behavior will become stronger so you want to avoid that happening and create even stronger neuro neuro pathways um associated with the other behaviors that you that are desirable to you um so yeah um and then another thing um obviously the head lowering is unique to each horse but for penny head lowering is really calming for her um so we made our head lowering cue really really strong and obviously you want to make sure that between each cue you give the horse they relax and reset and um don't mask any emotions or let or let it build up. I've spoken about trigger stacking before, but you don't want them to be masking any emotions or letting it build up in between cues. So with Penny, um, let's say I cued her to do something and she raised her head a little bit. And then instead of waiting for her to relax and reset, I would give her another, another cue and she would carry out the behavior, but she'd hold her breath a bit more and her head would get a little bit higher and she'd get a little bit more tense. And then I would cue her another thing and she would continue getting her head higher and getting more tense. Um, and they'll keep queuing and queuing her until eventually her head's really high, her muscles are really tense, she's holding her breath and she's massing her emotions, she's overwhelmed by all the behaviours I'm asking for and she just rears and explodes. That's not what we want. We don't want the triggers leading to that um, in order for the horse to say no. So what this can look like is allowing them to relax and reset between each behaviour and also giving them a start button for you to cue them. Um, so CT talk about this a lot. They talk about between each behavior, you have to come back to the default behavior, which is obviously, you know, nice, relaxed, standing, emotionally balanced, regulated, sort of calm and safe behavior. Um, so in between each cue, that's what you, what you want to come back to. And you also want the horse to have a way of telling you that they're ready for the next cue. So for some horses, this is, they stop chewing for a minute. For some horses, this is, they look slightly at you. I've spoke about this in my episode on start button behaviors. Um, but for Penny, this is her lowering her head and resetting because it doesn't allow for her to, you know, tense and build up that tension in her neck leading to a rear um, as she gets higher and higher and begins to shift her weight onto her back legs. Um, we want to make sure that she relaxes and resets um, because in the words of Alexandra Curlin, the horse can't rear if their nose is on the ground. That's the power of teaching equal and incompatible behaviours. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... In between each cue, I would stand quietly, wait and relax for Penny to lower her head and tell me that she's ready for the next cue. Now, obviously, I want to keep the head lowering behavior very strong. So this is something I do intermittently between each cue as I actually cue the head down and reward it. But the head down behavior is still her telling me that she's ready for the next cue. Um, so also another thing that Judith did advise me to do was to reward in quick success, quick succession when she is standing calmly. 
in order to, you know, incre- increase her relaxation, knowing that when I'm not asking for anything, all she needs to do to get reinforced is simply stand, wait and relax and not try and mask her emotions, not try too hard, not tense up, not not throw loads of behaviours. This is also really good for stimulus control, which just reward the default heavier than any other behaviour because that's what the horse is always going to come back to if they're unsure or tense at any time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, another solution is to use familiar behaviours, especially the back up and head down um, that the horse is really comfortable with, to check if they're okay with other behaviours. So an example of this would be seeing if a horse is okay with being saddled or seeing if they're actually masking their emotions. So for example, say you bring the saddle out to the horse and the horse um, appears outwardly to be fine with it. Um, So what you would do is you would cue them to back up and if they respond to that and they carry out the behavior normally in a relaxed manner, you reward that and then cue them for head down and if they carry that out in a relaxed manner then they're obviously fine with the saddle at that stage. Um, But say you cued them to back up and they weren't sure about backing up or they did it quite tensely or if they didn't do it at all or if they said no or if you cued them to put their head down and they actually raised their head or didn't lower their head or had a slower response. Yeah, because a slower response to cues is also... um, a sign of these emotions building up. Um, so yeah, um, if any of the f- those things that I previously just said um, happened when you cued the familiar behaviours, and obviously the horse isn't okay with that step that you're at, so you would need to work, work there, maybe go back a bit and work up there again until the horse will comfortably do familiar behaviours in the presence of the saddle before you move on. And then let's say you approach the horse with the saddle, um, or maybe you ask the horse to approach you whilst you're holding the saddle. Um, or maybe you're asking them to hold their nose on a target whilst you approach them as a consent cue, whatever your specific behaviour is. But um, if you approach the horse with the saddle and you are standing next to them and then you ask them to back up um, and they're still okay with it, then obviously you could maybe stop there for today if you don't want to go too much further. But, you know, the horse is telling you that they're comfortable at that stage so you could proceed. Um, And obviously cue head down as well to see how tense the horse is. Obviously, this is very dependent on the horse. For Penny, head down is very calming. However, for Izzy, it's very distressing if she's in a stress situation because of her past history as a pony on the moors. Um, This is also something I spoke about with Judith that I would like to speak about in a future podcast about the different behaviours can mean different things for different horses and stuff like that. But um, yeah, basically, if the horse isn't responding to their familiar behaviours at any given stage, if they have a slow response to the cue... Or if they, you know, um, are seeming unsettled at any point when you cue the familiar behaviours, that's a really good judge they're not okay with that step. Um, So, for example, say I was mounting Penny and I got up on the mounting block and asked her to lower her head and she was fine with it, then I could proceed. But say I got up on the mounting block and she was acting like she was fine with it and then I cued her to lower her head and she had a slow response to the cue or she didn't lower her head, then obviously she was just masking her emotions and she wasn't actually okay with me being up on the mounting block. Um, so another way to mitigate this is helping the horse become very, very comfortable with um, saying no. So at this stage in Penny's training, when she walks away, I am rewarding her. Now, obviously, this isn't necessarily something you want to do, you know, as long as they have free access food, this isn't necessarily something you want to do all the time with every horse. But if you think about this as a balancing scales, if Penny has all this weight down on participating in training and no weight down on walking away when she feels uncomfortable, um, then what we need to do is put a little bit more on the other side of the scale. Um, Now, obviously, if the horse 
like had all the weight on the scale in not participating, then you might want to work a little bit more on encouraging the horse to participate and reinforcing those behaviours more um, until you get like an equal sort of balanced scale. But for Penny at the moment, she has a lot of heavy weight in participating and she needs to feel more comfortable with being able to walk away because at the moment she doesn't know what to do she simply explodes and rears when I say at the moment I mean previously but um yeah uh that's something that can happen and that can really help with it uh I'm sure there are other things I mean I'm not really sure I know this hasn't been the longest episode ever I know that I did have more to talk about but I didn't actually take notes out today um However, if you are a CT member, then on the forum under behavioural issues is where I had this uh, sort of thread with Judith and some and Megan and some other CT coaches about um, this problem with Penny. And I sent in a video of her rearing and then I had a Zoom call with Judith and then we sort of had a few messages back and forth on the forum. Um, and then I sent a video of our progress and you can see her feedback to that on the forum if you're a CT member and you're interested in that. Um, so this was just about horses masking their emotions and why it can seem unpredictable. Oh, another good way to make sure that you don't have these unpredictable reactions is to be able to read the horse really, really well. Um, and this is really important and being aware of the horse's entire body and also being able to ground yourself and become that emotional anchor for the horse when they need it. So if they're getting tense, you don't want to be chest breathing and staring right at them putting loads of pressure on them and getting really tense you want to just be you know maybe focusing on something else or just relaxing nice deep diaphragmic breathing which is really calming to the horse and being that emotional anchor and stability with some soft clarity for the horse to um really help them relax and settle into that situation um now I know this probably hasn't been the most in-depth episode it's just something that I wanted to have a quick chat about while it's on my mind um, I would be happy to go more into depth in future. However, I do have some more exciting news before I end the episode. Um, I am now an ambassador for Equus Scholars, which is amazing. And due to that, we hopefully have a very exciting guest coming on the podcast very soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and hopefully that'll be the next episode. So I'll see you then. But I'm not sure yet. So stay tuned for the exciting guest. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. And I hope this was helpful or interesting in some way. Thank you for listening to the Aim Horsemanship podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found it helpful or if it resonated with you in any way, I'd really appreciate if you could share it so that other people can hear it. Um, If you would like to check out any homemade um, crafts or personalised gifts, please check out Creations of Cornwall on Facebook. Also, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram to see videos of the horses and updates on what we're doing, my Instagram is underscore.a.i.m.underscore horsemanship underscore. Thanks again for listening and I hope to see you next time.